You're listening to Doing Law Differently. Join me, Lucy Dickens, as I explore how the world's most progressive legal service providers are doing law differently. Hello, welcome back to the Doing Law Differently podcast. I'm Lucy Dickens and this week I am back on track with another interview for you all about doing law differently, this week in terms of data and how we can mine our law firms for data to help improve our practice and our service and all sorts of benefits. Before I tell you about today's guest though, I want to remind you about my book. As I mentioned to you last week, I've been busy putting the finishing touches on my new book, It's Time to Do Law Differently, How to Reshape Your Firm and Regain Your Life. And I'm really excited that the book is now available for pre-order. It's been really cool seeing the orders come through. I get an email notification each time and I'm having a look to to look at the names and it's a really cool, um, surreal almost feeling. The books have been printed in Melbourne. They're being shipped to me in Perth and I'm hoping to receive them about next week. Uh, And then the book will be officially published in mid-November and will be available on Amazon and Booktopia as well as from my own website. So if you're interested in buying a copy and you'd like a copy signed by me, you can do that at lucydickens.com forward slash book. Um, The book is for law firm leaders who know they want to change the way they do business, but they're stuck with what and how to change. And I provide a six-step blueprint called Productize and Profit that really gives you the how-to in terms of what you need to do and how to do it. It really ties together lots of different ideas about the changing profession and ways that we can do law differently. I'm planning the virtual book launch as we speak, and I'll let you know more about that when I have more info. Today, though, it's business as usual here on the podcast, and I am talking about a topic that is relatively new for me, something I haven't explored much in my own practice, and that's data, and in particular, how data can be used and analyzed to improve processes, client interactions, team performance, well-being, uh, and lots of other things. My guest is Rabina May, who is a Power BI consultant at Velata Consulting. And if you don't know what Power BI is, don't worry, Rabina tells us more about that in the interview. Rabina gets excited about data, and I like that. We need someone to get excited about data and to help us to get excited about data and tell us about all the cool things that it can do for us. So she works with law firm data and develops it into clear visual representations that can then be used to inform strategic decisions. This is the kind of stuff that I think about in kind of the IT tech software world, and I call it magic because (laughs) we have a software developer on our team at Berman and Ride, and whenever I come up with some sometimes far-fetched or crazy idea about how I want to automate some piece of work that I don't want to do anymore. I go and speak to Brad and tell him what I would like him to create for me. And then just like magic, it appears and it happens and I never have to do that nasty piece of work again. I kind of think about this mining data in a similar kind of way where there are tools and there's information that Rabina and her team are able to access and help us to utilize in really interesting and exciting ways. So to me, that's a bit like magic. 
Rubina's journey in law has been varied, but always within legal tech. She's worked as a project manager, IT manager, knowledge director, law firm practice manager, technical consultant, and software developer. And she has degrees in both IT and law. So she's got this really unique perspective and skill set around technology in law firms. So I thought this topic about data would be really cool and really interesting for us all to learn about, myself included. And we do that. Rabina gives us lots of information about what is this data that we're talking about? How do we access it? What can we do with it? Some examples of what some other law firms have done with it and the kinds of uh, insights that can be given when you're able to or when she's able to extract data from lots of different places and tie it all together in a really meaningful report. So let's hit play on the interview and let's let Rabina get us all excited about data in our firms. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Rabina. Thanks. It's great to be here. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. You got in touch with me and said that you thought we should talk about data. And I replied, we should talk about data. I know next to nothing about data, so you can teach me all there is to know. And I thought it would be a really cool and interesting topic. So excited to see what you've got for us. Yes, well, I get excited about data. I'm, I'm not sure if everyone in the world gets too excited about data, but I think it can do some pretty exciting things. So I'm hoping by the end of this podcast, maybe more people will be excited about it. No pressure. So your job here is to get us all excited about data. And we're going to have this data data. I'll probably by the end of it end up saying data, pronouncing it data like you. It's because I, you know, I'll tend to pick up from you. But anyway, we're talking about the same thing. We are absolutely <laughs> talking about the same thing. So let's go back to basics. I feel like that would be a good place to start. When you talk about analysing data, what is it that you're talking about? I might talk about this in the context of law firms in terms of the information that we collect. So when I'm talking about data or data, (laughs) I'm talking about all those little bits of information we collect as we go along in a law firm. So let's just uh, start at the beginning of the day as a lawyer and think about all the things that are happening that you can potentially be collecting data around. So you log on in the morning and we've got a log on time there. You potentially are opening up your email, talking to people via email. So we're starting to have some data around our email, not just the information that we're potentially sending to clients or our colleagues, but when we're sending that information, how often we're sending that information. We haven't even opened up our practice management system yet, but obviously we open that up. Then we start having a look at the information that that presents to us in one particular area. We have a client meeting and a client comes in and they give us a fair bit of information about themselves that we then store somewhere. So we have all these little bits of disparate data that are coming into our law firms constantly, but what we don't tend to have is a good way of looking at that data in a holistic way and really being able to slice and dice it and use it in a meaningful way. And when we think about the largest corporations in the world at the moment, you think about the likes of Facebook and Google and their main asset is data. And I think as law firms, we could start looking at the fact that our data has a lot more currency and value in it than we currently probably realise. When you started talking about logging on and opening emails and how much time are we spending communicating with clients and that kind of thing, the first thing I thought of actually was social media. I recently watched that documentary. Is it The Social Dilemma? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I thought of that in terms of the data that they have about us in terms of how we're spending our time and how long are you stopped on this post for and, you know, how long are you scrolling and that kind of thing. And I guess 
in some ways you're talking about the same thing. Yeah, a little bit similar. So really what we're talking about there is something called metadata. So really data about data. So that's when we're talking about how long we're doing things or that information that sits behind the information. And that's really what feeds all those algorithms that let the likes of Facebook and Google serve you up the content that they think is going to be of interest to you. Now, we often hear about big data, and I think that's hard to contextualise in the context of law firms. But those little bits of data, we might not be gathering it at the scale, we may not be able to apply the same algorithms that the likes of those big giants do. But there's still interesting bits of information that we can get from there. And I think it's something that is worth exploring. Hmm. So now you've told us a bit about what data is, I'm going to ask you some more questions about that. But I feel like now might be a good time for you to tell us a bit about what you do in your role. And then we'll come back to the kind of more general data thing in a minute. Yeah, yeah, sure. So at the moment, I work as a Power BI analyst for uh, Velada Consulting. I've worked in legal tech basically my entire career. So I've been all sorts of odd things. <laughs> um, so I've sort of started life as a software developer and then was an IT manager, was a knowledge director. I've been a practice manager. So I've sort of, I've definitely worked within law firms and understand how they, how they work, which is a wonderful thing to then take um, into a consulting role. And one of the things that tied all those apparently disparate roles together was the fact that I had the skills just because of my IT degree to delve into the data. So I could go into the practice management system and I could get out the bits of information, the specific bits of information that we wanted to have a look at and graph out and compare and create reports on. The fact of the matter is that for a long time, the only way you could get at that stuff was if you did have someone with some programmatic experience on your team. So as soon as you get someone who can go behind the curtains and unlock that door and get your data out, of course, you take advantage of it. But I personally think that's a little bit unfair. I think every law firm should have access to their own data and be able to, to look at it in any way that they want to. And so we use a product called Power BI, which allows you to do that. So Power BI is a business intelligence tool. So it works at a couple of different layers. It allows you to grab data from a number of different sources. So say your practice management system, it can also look into your um, exchange data, it can look into your active directory data, it can look into a whole bunch of, of things, draw that information together and then allow you to report on it. So yeah, it sort of offers a bit of an umbrella, I guess, to allow you to grab data from all different sources. And I almost want to ask you, how does it work? But feel like you might give me a complicated answer. So let me just <laughs> ask you how it works and see where that goes. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, so you've got all your data living in all these different places. So you need a layer that's going to grab that data and bring it into one layer or a data set altogether and relate that data together. So when I'm talking about relating data, so something like I'm emailing this client constantly and I've got that client's contact details in my practice management system as well as um, the matters that I have open for that client. So I'm going to relate the fact that client's email to the client email that I'm using to contact them so that I can connect those two bits of data together and then make some meaningful insights based on that. So that's our data set level. And then we've got a reporting tool that allows us to grab that information and then um, put it in a pretty visual, nice to use, easy way to then explore. Okay, so we access the data from all different places within our law firm through Power BI? Yeah, so in terms of how it works at that technical level, so Power BI is actually a cloud-based product. 
So if you're using cloud-based tools, it will just depend on what the vendor has available to get behind and grab that data out. If you're using on-premise solutions, then we install something called a Power BI gateway. And basically that allows Power BI to talk to those on-premise databases, say if you've got an on-premise um, practice management system. So that's technically a little bit complex mm. and that's the layer that we tend to, to help our clients with. Mm. Once you get it to that stage where you start having that data set there and it's pulling at regular intervals and then you start reporting on it, that layer there is definitely something that people can pick up and we can show them how to do. So the more technical bit I get is grabbing that data out putting it together. Okay, so you've gone in, you've collected, you've, you've obviously told your system what information you want, what data you want it to gather, what you want it to look for. And you've said that you generate a report. What kind of things do you report on? What do you measure? What are the reports? What do they look like? I'm just trying to picture what I might see. So as I just explained, Power BI and business intelligence tools, so they're not limited Power BI, just the one that we use, can pick up data from all sorts of different sources. But where we find clients mostly come to us first up is to just expand and improve on the reporting they have within their practice management systems. So that tends to be the pain point that most people want to try and address by a better reporting system. So we'll see people come in and they want a very specific report or they want a more visual report than their practice management system can give them. One of the things we're seeing that's quite popular, the idea of dashboards where an individual lawyer can come on and just see how they're going, how they're tracking with their fees billed against their budget, what kind of marketing hours they might be doing during the month, and just having all that information at their fingertips in a really easy visual to see. So that tends to be where people start with a reporting tool like Power BI. And then we might see people start to expand it into things like bringing in maybe their Google Analytics and having a look at how that might correlate in terms of, okay, if I've posted a particular blog post about something, has that converted in lots of new inquiries? So you, obviously that's more of a, a correlation than a causation relationship, but using a tool that allows you to take disparate data sources and bring them together allows you to at least have a look at what those relationships might look like. And I really like the idea of being able to see it visually. Even I can just picture the example you just gave of marketing hours. I mean, someone might be tracking the time that they spend on, you know, those kind of development activities, but having it written down on a file on a piece of paper somewhere is quite a different thing to seeing a visual chart that says you know that records the hours I saw on your website and I'll link to it in the show notes because you have got one an example on your website Mm. of what this kind of client dashboard would look like and it helped me to kind of get a feel for what it was that you were going to be doing with the data so I'll link it in the show notes for people who want to go and see what are some other kind of things that you might report on so hours where they're spending their time google analytics So lots and lots of different things. So what we tend to see is there's sort of two levels. There's the firm management level, which is, you know, all the data and and sometimes quite sensitive data. So so things like your traditional law firm reports in there in terms of your lockup and your whip and your debtors and the ageing and everything around that and having that in a really easy to use format. So the things that might have taken an account manager a little while to put together to put before a board or a partner's meeting or something like that. Then we've got more of that individual level that we just talked about in terms of that dashboard. And then we're starting to explore some other interesting things. So 
what we're tending to see, particularly with smaller firms and maybe law firms that are doing things differently, is they're not so reliant on traditional law firm practice management systems or document management systems. They're going out, they're exploring the free or the nearly free tools. And because they're cloud-based tools that have, it's called an API, which allows you to reach in and grab the data, we can start bringing that information as well. So say you're using Trello or Monday or Asana or any of those project tools. I was very interested in your guests that mentioned and click up and I had a little look at that. That looked very cool. But all of those tools come with APIs, which means you can bring the data in and then show it in a dashboard format. So what we're seeing is those firms that do rely on those products, which might do something really well, a cloud-based product that does something really well, you've got a way to, to bring it together. Mm, I really like that idea because one of the challenges I think that the, all these people who are using a variety of different tools, I think one of the biggest challenges is how do you bring that together Mm. I use our practice management software that we've built in-house and it does everything that we need so I'm not working between multiple platforms I just need the one I mean I can see the advantages and disadvantages to both but I think your ability to say well this is a way of us tying together the way that you use all these different platforms is really really powerful so you've explained what is the data you've told us a bit about how we go and collect it and then how you would report on it what do we do with it? Can you give us some examples of that? I think I feel like that's the exciting bit. Yeah. No, I, no disrespect to the collection thing. I'm sure that's <laughs> equally exciting. But what what are we going to do with it? That's yeah, yeah. Look, and I do think that opens up a lot of opportunities. One example is if you've got a bonus structure within your team. And I've worked with law firms over the past. It's not unusual for law firms to have really bespoke bonus structures against each and every lawyer. And you know, a lot of thought's been put into those, but because they then become so complex to actually calculate and to grab the data out and to do, very often they defeat their purpose. So they're not presented to the lawyer so that they can look at it and go, oh, great, I'm, I'm feeling motivated. I know that I'm, I'm nearly meeting my target. Whereas a use case for getting your data together and being able to present it in this really visual way that's automatically presented to your lawyers is that they can have a look at how they're going against their bonus structure. You don't have to do anything to get that information to them once it's set up and it's just there. So I think that's one of the use cases in terms of being able to harness your data and present it in that way, that it's just immediately there and some of the things that you have put in place structurally uh, can actually achieve their purpose because you're taking away all that time that it would normally take to get that there. And it's available right now, yeah? So in real time, the lawyers can track how they're progressing. Yeah. So I always hesitate to use real time because what you're doing is you're grabbing all this information from all these different places and tools that you're using. So you don't necessarily want to do that constantly because it's going to put load on on systems and people aren't going to have a great user experience. So the things might be updated overnight, yeah. but it's, it's, you know, it's relatively real time. Yeah. The other thing that these things can be used for is client dashboards. So presenting to your clients where you might be at a particular stage in a project. Um, so it can be used for that. I think giving people data that they can trust and rely on and having those data insights available in nearly real time means that business decisions can be made on on real data that's actually happening, which I think is really, really important. I think particularly in the context of what we're going through at the moment, I don't think we can rely just on feel and, you know, this client's always behaved like this in the past, so I assume they're going to behave like this in the future. 
some things are going to change. I think we'll see some behavioural changes there. So if you've got something that's actually tracking those changes in, in pretty much real time, then it's real solid data to make some of your decisions, your strategic decisions around. So I think that's really important as well. My new book, It's Time to Do Law Differently, How to Reshape Your Firm and Regain Your Life, is now available for pre-order over on my website at lucydickens.com.au forward slash book. The book is written for leaders of small law firms who want to reshape the way they do business, but are really stuck on what to do and how to do it. And so I provide a six-step blueprint that will help you to transform your firm. The book will be officially published in mid-November, but if you want to be the first to get your hands on a signed copy, then grab yours at lucydickens.com.au forward slash book. Do you have any examples of that where you've where clients have been able to, you know, what they thought was happening, like the gut feel, uh, the data tells a completely different story and so they've then been able to change what they do? I don't tend to work with clients yeah. so closely that they would probably share that information with That's me. Right. But, you know, we have talked to those that support law firms more in that strategic analysis kind of, uh, of view. So my job is really just to, to build the reports and um, <laughs> keep mum about the data. Um, <laughs> but I know that those consultants that do offer those services have often commented on the fact that as soon as they get people to just even open up their eyes and realise actually what's going on with the financials in the background and just just even just having that visibility, which may not have been there before, just allows people to change their habits and particularly being able to just see it immediately without having to ask someone else about it. And I think what that does, because you're giving people insights that maybe they used to rely on someone else for, and you're giving them the ability to see it when they want, people start to learn a little bit more about the business side of law and how that works. And I think it simplifies that and makes that a bit more accessible, which I think is only a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's the transparency. And you've given lots of examples about tracking performance and bonus structures and those kinds of things. And for staff to have access to that information and be able to see at any point when they wish this is how I'm tracking or this is how the firm is tracking towards its goals or you know whatever level of information the individual has access to and to see it in an almost impartial way because it's been pulled together by you and your magic I I think of this stuff (laughs) as magic it's pretty magic to me so your magic powers have pulled together all this information and you're here presenting it in a in an impartial way it's not like the boss has put a report on the table that says you know you've only recorded such and such number of hours and you've spent too long on email it's impartial yeah, exactly. And it, and particularly when you create it as a tool that people can refer back on and just see how they're tracking and how they're going. And, you know, we have spent a fair amount of time talking about performance metrics, which might not be that relevant in certain firms. Like if you're just a, a sole practitioner, you'll, yeah. you'll have a good idea of how you're going or not. Yeah. But if you've got a survey that you put out to your clients, you can potentially bring that information into a tool like Power BI as well, and then bring that into a, you know, a client dashboard where you're understanding where that client has come, where they're sort of, what their experience is. So we often talk within modern law firms about that whole client experience mapping. And if you've got the data behind that, then you can start to create some models around that as well. 
So it doesn't just need to be around that performance metrics. Yeah. Let's talk about that client experience thing because that's interesting in terms of how we can use the real data to improve the client experience. So just give me, to, I don't know, some examples or tell me some more about how that works from your perspective. Yeah. If you think about how your client might have learned about your firm, so if you're wanting to map out their whole journey from beginning to end, if you're recording some referral information about how they might have learnt about your firm, as well as your Google Analytics, which again is not going to be a total uh, causation because you're not taking identity information from Google Analytics, but you should be able to look at what the client's experiences are when they first come to your web page in terms of how long people are spending on things, how difficult it is to navigate to where people want, so how deep people are going into their structures. So you can start to use an analytical tool to understand what people's experience is even at that web website level, which you can do in Google Analytics. But then if you bring that information into something like Power BI that collates it with other things, then you can start to look at, okay, so how long did it take us to go between the introduction to some work? What marketing activities did we have in between there? If you're doing client surveys as you go along, then you can understand, okay, well, what was their experience like? And we can bring that in. How long does it take them to pay? If you're looking again at that potentially bringing email information in. And there's a great product that actually does that called ClientSense, which looks at your similar thing in terms of using data in, in different and cool ways, which looks at the strength of your client relationships via your email and your meetings and things like that. So you can start bringing that information in as well. So you're just building up a much more holistic view of how your client's interacting with your firm than just, we build them this much this month and they we collected this much this month. I really like that. I'm not in charge of our Google ads in our firm because I find it overwhelming. The Google is amazing and it's so powerful, but it can do so much that you log into the dashboard and it's like, oh mm. my goodness, <laughs> what is what does even all this mm. this stuff even mean? So I love that you are able to take the pieces of that that are relevant for what we want to know and combine it with the other things that are going on in our practice to produce some really useful reports and materials to then help us improve the service and I think that's the key I mean not just having the data I mean you mentioned we all have it but it's knowing how to use it and then what to do with it. Mm. And I think to know that there are tools out there that that do allow you to access it and do some cool stuff with it and it's not I think sometimes we think that these things are only the purvey of the really big firms that have lots and lots of money to spend on developers and all the rest of it. You know, Power BI, I'm not going to say it's cheap, but it's not inaccessible to smaller law firms and smaller law firms definitely use it. So the main practice management system that we support at Volata is ActionStep, which is a practice management system which is geared more towards smaller practices. Those firms find something like Power BI useful. They find something like ClientSense useful. So I think just knowing that this data and using it in interesting ways is something that's accessible to, to lots of us. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about ClientSense? Yeah, so I'm putting in a plug for, for my mate Steve here. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought it would be a, another good example of using data in a cool way. So as I said at the outset, 
your systems are recording when you're emailing people and how often you're emailing people and, and when those emails are going out, et cetera, et cetera. So what the product client sense does is it, it monitors that as well as your meetings. And then it looks at that to build a picture of who in your firm has the closest relationship with particular clients, where there's lots of email traffic happening, where there's lots of meetings happening. And it also can help, you know, keep marketing lists and things like that up to date. So where we've got bounces and things like that, it'll identify that. So why I think this is a really good example of using data in creative ways is it can can basically be a CRM, but you're not asking anyone to do anything. You're not asking anyone to input anything. And I think that's another nice thing about capturing the power of data because it's incidental to the work that people are doing. I think as soon as you're asking people to fill things in or to do things that are in addition to their substantive work, you start running into problems just just because it takes time and people don't have it. But if you're taking data that's basically just as a byproduct of people working, A, it's going to be accurate and B, you're not relying on people doing anything other than their work. Yeah, I really like that point. That is always one of the challenges in terms of how to get people on board when you're trying to implement new changes or come up with better ways of doing things. Because you're right, they just want to focus on their work, not the extra bit in terms of recording how I'm doing this or whatever it might be. So for that to be happening behind the scenes almost without anybody really needing to worry about it. The thing that I think of when you gave the example of client sense and email, the immediate thing that came to mind for me is thinking about if we've tracked how we're using email, we can then work out how to use less of it. Because email's a challenge, right? Yeah, and I think it helps to track those contact points because if you've, particularly if you've given fixed fee work and you're not creating time cards, you're, you're wanting to somehow establish what kind of effort is going in and whether or not that's disproportionate to your fixed fee. So by measuring the amount, say, of emails, that's a really good way without asking anyone to put extra any information in, well, you know, is this a really high contact client? Is that something we now need to figure out when we're giving our value-based pricing? Should we need to to bring in a metric that allows for that. Yeah, I can see that would have been useful for, I did a review at the start of the year of a specific practice area and we didn't have the tools or know about, probably we didn't know about the tools to measure this kind of email thing. But in hindsight, if I'd have been able to do that and seen on a series of files and measure the kind of where all the traffic was happening in terms of the point in the client's journey, that would have been a really interesting observation for me to be able to say well everybody is contacting us by email in the first three weeks and that's where the traffic is at the highest so how can we provide them with the information that they're asking for email's a challenge <laughs> that's just what's coming to <laughs> yeah. mind is that how do we stop that how do we reduce it so I can really see that that you're using the data to give us that insight see that I'm just going off my gut feel I feel like most people ask us the questions at this time but you're saying well I'm going to give you the reality it's clever stuff. Yeah, no, ClientSense is a very clever product. So um, I'll give another little plug for, plug for that. <laughs> um, and really what I'm wanting to just to demonstrate and get people to think about is that data in their systems and what, what power that can give them, whether they use Power BI, whether they use ClientSense, whether or not you use an, another reporting tool and there are other reporting tools out there, um, you know, just what that combination of data can mean and what insights it can open up. Yeah, it's fascinating. It really is really cool. So you mentioned earlier a bit about your background in terms of you have lots of experience in different areas of law and law tech and practice management with your kind of broad experience in this uh, practice management space and tech space and data. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to do law differently? 
I think understanding your tools and what they can do um, and how you can access the information, particularly if you're looking for it for a new tool. I think being able to know exactly how you can access the data underneath is really important. So when you are setting up to do law differently and potentially wanting to have access to more measurement, just to keep that in mind and to discuss that with vendors if you're selecting a particular product, because uh, it is easier to get underneath the hood in, in some things other than, than others. Uh, and I think that's a really important thing to understand. I think taking that time to step back and look at how your, your processes um, can obviously be improved and how they integrate together and how the, the metadata, the information about the information behind those processes can potentially help you make those decisions. So measuring things like um, how long does it take to get one from one process to another? Can I see a trend that if I spend a little bit longer in process one, does that lead to less time at the end of the process. So I think a lot of people who are looking at doing law differently are, are very interested in that process side of things and trying to, to smooth things out and trying to make the experience as good as possible both for the client and the lawyers working on the matter. So I think in the context of data, just thinking about how you can use that information to make those processes even better and more smooth. Yeah, I think it's cool. One of the challenges is that we just don't, well, I say we because I feel like I'm one of them, but a lot of us just don't know what data and what the tech is capable of achieving. Mm. And it's hard to imagine that if you don't know. You've written a really useful series of blog posts, your Power BI blog series, which gives a lot of information into, I guess, what's possible with Power BI and how we can use data. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes as well so people can go and have a look at your blog series if they want to get a bit more of a feel for how they can use data in their practice and obviously they can get in touch with you. Yeah, no, that'd be great. And we've been talking about something that is um, probably a little bit easier to understand visually. So that that might help if, if people are listening and going, I don't know what she's saying. Yes. <laughs> Have a look yeah. at those blog posts. I agree because last night when I was preparing for this interview and I was reading your materials, I just thought, I just want to see it. I, want, I need to see what it looks like. So that's why I went looking for that for that image, which like I said, I will link. So yeah, it will, will be useful. So you will find all the links in the show notes to get in touch with Rabina and to find out about Power BI and Client Sense and everything else that we've spoken about here. Great. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Lucy. It's been great. Thanks again for tuning in to Doing Law Differently. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd love you to leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find out about the show and I love hearing what you think. Otherwise, if you're not on Apple Podcasts, send me a message and let me know. You can find all the past episodes at doinglawdifferently.com.au.